Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And today is the third and final episode in our series on First and Second Thessalonians. And we're so happy to have our dear friend Jess Connolly with us. Jess is an original she who read truth with us back in well, when was that? 2012. 2012. And is still a woman in the Word of God every day. She helps lead Bright City Church with her husband, Nick. She's founder of Go and Tell Gals. And she's written tons of books. Glory Girl is one of her most recent ones. And she has a new book coming out in June that's available for pre-order now. It's called Breaking Free from Body Shame, Dare to Reclaim What God Has Named Good. Jess is such a delight to read scripture with, and this episode is so encouraging. There's a little bit of shouting, a little bit of praising. We just really hope that it encourages you the way that it did us. Let's go. So Jess, we wrapped last week with Jonathan Pitts talking about the day of the Lord Mm -hmm. um, at the end of 1 Thessalonians, which was such a special thing. We got to read about that the dead in Christ will rise first. We got to kind of unpack that with Jonathan in a really beautiful way. And now we're here with you to look at Second Thessalonians, Paul's second letter to the yep. Thessalonians. But it's there have been a couple of things as I was reading Second Thessalonians that felt sort of opposite of First Thessalonians, yeah. like where we read about the day of the Lord last week. Now we're going to read about the judgment and some kind of hard Things And I'm excited to get to chat with you about this because you are a woman, Jess, who you are not an Instagram gospel girl. You (laughs) do such a beautiful job of really holding up the whole of Scripture, Mm -hmm. looking at the hard with tenderness and the good as well. And so I'm excited to look at this with you because, well, you're somebody who I feel like has probably given a lot of thought to this. Mm. this topic. But even Amanda was telling me that uh, you recently had a post that was about Instagram's not a great pastor. Was that you? Did you say that? Mm -hmm. I thought it was you. Okay. We were just, because we were kind of in our conversation last week, we were sort of saying that without saying it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Jess Connolly just said this on Instagram. So the internet is a bad pastor. Talk to us about this. Yeah. And it can or doesn't have to be related to First and Second Thessalonians, but the concept, I want to hear it from you. Yeah. I said it specifically in relating to where we're at in the pandemic, where we're at in this 2020, 2021 cycle of our lives. And, you know, what you guys know, what you gals know is I have this really interesting take, I don't know, perspective in that I'm an actual leader of a local church and an interneter. And I love both of these things. I love both of them. Mm -hmm. I like making products for macro community for the internet at large. And I like walking with gals around the park who go to my church. And so what I am noticing right now is this, an extreme fatigue and like disillusionment. And honestly, I do think it has to do a lot with Second Thessalonians, mm-hmm. really a lack of understanding of grace and the gospel and a lack of compassion for humans, for other humans, for people to be human. And I think it's That's because right. we really want people to be a square graphic that says something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what we want people to be. That's what we want pastors to be. That's what we want our friends to be. That's what we want ourselves to be. And so when we're around like real people who need God, who are full of flesh, we're like, it's too much. I'm too much. You're too much. We're all too much. And yeah, I think it's just a good reminder that number one, even, even the people who are on the internet who are wildly inspiring or encouraging or equipping or empowering are really messy. They're really like yes. not cute messy. They're bad messy. They're yeah. mean to their spouses sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes they don't brush their teeth before bed. And mm-hmm. also they feel inadequate and they do mm-hmm. stupid things with money sometimes. Like that's we got to remember that like they might post really good graphics and they might have like a really good teaching clip, but they're really messy because they're human and they need God. Mm -hmm. And likewise we do too. Mm -hmm. And so I just think as we come out of this, as we step out of this, I don't know about you guys, but just in directly in relation to the pandemic, like really early on, I thought like, when are we going to get out of this? When are we going to, what's it going to be like when we come back together? Mm -hmm. And now that genuinely like that is about to be happening in the, Mm -hmm. in the safest and best ways, if it's not already for happening for some people, it's going to be happening. I think it just really matters how we walk out of our houses and back into one another. And I think expecting one another to need God 
matters. Mm -hmm. And that's why his judgment is actually like really helpful to talk about because we all feel his judgment on our souls and we don't know how to process it. And so when we can process it in truth, then we can feel his grace. So yeah, that's so good because that condition, that thing that we feel when we're on Instagram, for example, Mm -hmm. and we're comparing and we're whatever, or we're just looking at someone's real life and saying like, man, all the things they're good at that I'm not, et cetera. That pang that we feel is not that we're falling short of an Instagram standard. It's that we know that it's echoing through us that like, oh, we fall short of perfection, Mm -hmm. but it's not to strive for internet perfection is not perfection. Like that's not internet perfection is not a real thing that actually exists. What does exist is God's perfection and God's holiness. Right. And so we are, there is something in us. I mean, scripture teaches us that, Mm -hmm. that we are made with this, right. That longs for eternity. And Mm so it's almost like what we, sometimes the way we treat the internet or internet, interact with people that we only know or mostly know online is it's Mm -hmm. just exacerbating this Mm -hmm. thing in us that's actually God-given and good because it points us to Jesus. The problem is when we point that at someone else and, you know, and we have this, and I'm sure that you do too, in both of your callings, both in the local church and in your personal ministry to the world, like through your books and go and tell gals and all of those things that... There is a standard that people hold you to, and that is both good, Mm -hmm. and it's also like the standard is appropriate. The pedestal is dangerous. That's right. (laughs) You know, like that's right. um, We actually had um, a woman email us this week, and I'll tell this story with a lot of sensitivity and tenderness. She's probably listening. Yeah, we like we just we overwhelmingly agree that we just want to hug her. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but she asked she asked a really important question. She just said. And it was such a humble, sweet ask. She just said, like, I just want to be honest. I've been let down and disappointed by so many um, women in ministry as mm-hmm. of late. And and it was sort of a, like, how can I know that the same won't happen with She Reads Truth or with you guys? Yeah. And our yeah. answer was two things. One, please check everything we ever say against Scripture and God's Jesus. Word. And number two, we can almost assure you that we will disappoint mm-hmm. you. Yeah, we're we just, will fail. Yeah, you I, may or may not see it or know it. Yeah, but we will. We're not the standard. Um, we are. Jesus is the standard. We're just servants of Christ, and as servants of Christ, we just need His grace, and we are just as much in standing of that as anyone else. And so, the response couldn't be a promise of like we're going to do our best to never let the internet down. Yeah, it was or we, real humans. Or, there are or real, real humans. humans, but instead, yeah. we will most certainly. Yeah, mess up. which like. Genuinely, we hear in Second Thessalonians. I mean, right. yeah. can I yeah. can I dive into Let's do it. To day fifteen? Because I mean, truly, I mean, not to skip the first paragraph. We can go back, but it's no, why to it. me Second Thessalonians one eleven is so important. In view of this, we always pray for you that our yeah. God will make you worthy of His calling. Mm-hmm. And by his power, fulfill your every desire to do good and your work produced by faith. I mean, I, that's 10 sermons, yes. but the first sermon by is his this. Power. Mm-hmm. The first sermon has to be, you aren't worthy when you're called. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, you aren't Jess. Say called it again. because you're worthy, yeah. Yeah. which is horrible, fantastic news. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. Mm-hmm. It's both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's both. It's horrible, fantastic news. It's horrible news for everyone who is busy trying to muster up their goodness and their greatness. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. great news for everyone who's felt fallible and broken. And it is what it is. But his power, his purpose, his grace, his goodness, his mm-hmm. faithfulness, you know. Mm-hmm is the answer. It is what he's building in us and through us. And so even just that verse, I'm so grateful for. Yep. And you keep going so that I love when there's a so that Mm -hmm. because it's it's telling me something, you know, I like that I don't have to figure out what the so that is. So that the name of the Lord Jesus will be glorified by you and you by him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so like, it's by his power. It's according to his grace. It's for his glory. Yeah. And and as far as glorifying ourselves, that's also his business. Mm. He will do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. He's kind of the best, but like genuinely the best. Yeah. Such good news. 
It's that thing. I mean, even going back earlier in that first chapter, you know, we look at verse five and he says, it's clear evidence of God's righteous judgment that you will be counted worthy of God's kingdom. (laughs) It's funny because often we want to separate that mercy and justice. The justice is what you deserve and mercy is getting what you don't deserve. But like, because of Christ, our just judgment is righteousness. We don't stand in the judgment. Christ stands in the judgment for us. And so it's because of God's righteous judgment that indeed will be counted as worthy. And again, not because of us. It's interesting to look at all of these. We talked, I think in week one, about that Paul opens every letter with grace and peace. And especially in light of, you know, our study right before this, we just a couple weeks ago celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrated Easter Sunday. And that that peace part of grace and peace, that's not just, you know, social order, peace in the world. It is having made peace with the king. We have peace with God because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now in Second Thessalonians, we see this like God's judgment, and we see what happens when you do not have peace with God. Right. That God's holiness mm-hmm. and his judgment are real. Yeah. Because that, at the beginning of the verse that you read, Jess, in view of this, the in view of this there at the beginning of verse 11 that mm-hmm. you read, Jess, the this there is talking about That's right. um, the revelation of the Lord <laughs> when, you know, it says he will, gosh, verse eight, when he takes vengeance with flaming fire on those who don't know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, that, and there's a penalty for that. That's us. That's where we stand mm-hmm. until... We are hidden in Jesus. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so in view of that, in view of this, that is why we then look to him and his power to make us worthy. Mm-hmm. And so even like pausing there, okay, if the unasked question is, I don't even know that it's unasked, but like, oh, how do we handle this? How do we handle yes. like the day of our Lord and like judgment? Oof. I don't know y'all's perspective. I think I know like your heart biblical perspective, but I think you know this about me. I'm a very simple gal. It, as far as um, I don't think that God is plain, and I don't think that He yeah. is small, but I do think that He made our brains, and I think that we get to sit in wonder of Him, and that we shouldn't. He's not a math problem. We should be able to work out. Yeah, he's yeah. not an equation we should be able to solve, but that He loves us and He loves our brains, and so He wants us to to understand, right? As Paul Mm -hmm. asked, like the height and the depth and the width, like he wants us to grasp it. He wants Mm -hmm. us to get it. And so I think sometimes what the enemy of our souls wants us to do is say like, you can't get this one. You can't get, you're never going to get this one. I think that's happening a little bit, even in Christian culture right now in regards to judgment and glory and Mm -hmm. grace and truth is that there's this like, you're never going to get it. You're never going to, it's just a mess. He's a mess. He's a mess, but he's not, he's good and he's kind. And so for me, the way my mind simply works it out is this, I will not understand the glory if I don't understand the judgment. And I want all of the glory. I want all of the grace. (laughs) I want Mm -hmm. all of it. Like I want it to be as magnificent and wild and wonderful and on fire and beautiful and merciful and kind. I want all of it. And so if I want all of that, my eyes have to be wide open to the judgment. I've got to, I have to look at all of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all. Also, I've been thick in the Old Testament this year, and I think God just was like, let's write a new story. Let's write a new story about it. Stop saying you don't understand it. Stop saying it's too difficult. Stop saying it's a mess. And all of a sudden, every law, every precept, every every hard point of truth, I'm like, oh, you love us. You love <laughs> yeah. us. You're so kind. Yeah. So. If we can ask the question before the question, which is like, why do we do we have to talk about God's judgment? I think we do. Yeah, I think yeah. we do. If yeah. we want to get it, if we want to get grace, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and we there are things that we know, and sometimes we say it a lot because we need to be reminded of it. We need to be reminded that all Scripture is useful for yeah. teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And mm-hmm. so when we read about the judgment of those who don't believe, those who are opposed to truth, that Scripture is useful. And yeah. it's not just useful for us to know— you know, what does take place just for that, like, let's have that information. But I think so much more than that, like, what have we been saved from? Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, and (laughs) yes, and God's justice. And what do we feel like an 
urgency to tell others the God. Like, why do we have an urgency to share the gospel? Yeah. Because of God's judgment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and hand in hand with his goodness, you know, like yes, I always, was, yeah. um, you know, you see like it can be a commercial on TV or it can be like a, a billboard on the side of the road. I get really frustrated when the message of the gospel is reduced to, do you know where you're going to go after you die? Mm-hmm. Heaven or hell? Like, like, mm-hmm. and that I get so frustrated by that because it is such a reduction of, the what you just described, Jess, which is like the bigness and the glory and the like fireworks, mm-hmm. the right now mm-hmm. meaning and goodness of the gospel for right now, mm-hmm. the abundant life mm-hmm. that is right now, and certainly the future glory, mm-hmm. but also the right now. And so it's it matters. And and two, like all of that fullness, like having our eyes wide open, it helps us, I think, to be more intellectually honest about our faith. Yes, we're not going to understand everything and that's that's okay. I mean, that's God is God, we are not God. And his ways will be a mystery to us always. But I want like God's justice matters to me. Mm-hmm. It matters to me that he eradicates wickedness yeah. and that he punishes evil. Like that matters to me. Yeah. And so I don't want his justice to be confined to the things that make me comfortable. I want it to be whole. And I'm saying this as if like, we all know that like what's unspoken here is I have no control over how big or small God, you know what I mean? Like God is God all the time, all parts of him all the time in full measure. And so to pretend that we can have salvation or the message of the gospel and turn a blind eye to like what you just said, what we're being saved from, Mm -hmm. it's a reduction of the gospel. It's also very dishonest. Yeah. But it it is a short sighted you know, it's we're shortchanging our our understanding of the Lord. The thing I always come back to with salvation is the actual Passover and like um, yeah. So I yes. ask a lot, like if I think about it a lot, you know, just like listening to different people's stories and how people met met God or decided to walk with God or encountered God for the, whatever language you use, got saved, whatever the mm-hmm. languages that you use. I think a lot about the Passover and when the Israelites were asked to paint their door. So I'm like, so this is my question. If I'm an Israelite, like, okay, which corner exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. and like, do, what kind of brush should I use? Or like, like what a if, lot it, or a does little. It, does it go all the way to the floor? Or <laughs> no. like, what if I'm short and yeah. I can't reach? Right. And what happens? And that story helps me in that, like, we don't know the specifics weren't in it in the same way that salvation, we have some cornerstones, we have some like, believe, confess, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. repent. Yeah. And that's helpful. But all that being said, you're right in that I think we spend so much time thinking about salvation and the afterlife. We spend so much time thinking about judgment and the afterlife, but like it is the abundance here on earth that's at stake if we say we don't want all of God. That's mm-hmm. right. That's you right. Know, if it's we the say, abundance here on earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works. I don't know if you say out loud. I don't know if you say out loud one yeah. time, like, I want Jesus in my heart and you never talk about him again. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There's parables. There's the list. Confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And thankfully not ours to decide or figure out. But what do you want on earth really matters. Do you want all of God? Do you want as much of God as he'll give you here on earth? I think I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because it's, it's good. here. It's really it's, good. It's here and right now. And this is what we're going to see as we continue to read this little letter of Second Thessalonians is that this conversation that we're having motivates us. It should motivate us in our life now. Mm-hmm. Because what we're invited to participate in now and what you've dedicated your life to, Jess, mm-hmm. is is to invite others in yeah. to the mm-hmm. abundant life. It should yeah. motivate us toward God and toward others. Yes, yeah. because if mm-hmm. if that abundant life is true and is something that is offered to us not just later, which, you know, no matter how hard we try, that's always going to feel abstract. I don't believe it's abstract. I believe it's sure. real, mm-hmm. sure. but it's so much easier for me to think in terms of my right now life. Mm-hmm. Then if we believe in the real abundance of, of life in Christ, then 
it should be our business to yeah. <laughs> to invite others in and to let our as you know as we read in First Thessalonians to let our lives like ring out with the message of mm-hmm. the gospel, mm-hmm. let God's word ring out from us. I take a lot of comfort in it. Romans eight thirty is in this first reading day this week. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Mm-hmm. Like there's hope in that, that yeah. this is the chain of events mm-hmm. and he is the actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. the catalyst. If there's an equation, he's A, he's B, he's C, he's the multiplier. He's, he's the, the equal sign. sign. He's it. Yeah. He's it. Yeah. It's so yep. good. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love Second Thessalonians. I'm so glad. It's so fun. I'm to talk about it. Fun slash, you know, it's fun to talk about it mm-hmm. with you, Jess, and to <laughs> dig in. And it just reminds us of the size of God, not that we can measure that. It reminds us of, you know, we talked last week about, you know, that we read from John 11 where he said, you know, Lazarus is asleep. I'm going to go wake him up. And um, we go wake up my yeah, friend Lazarus. And we talked about the dead in Christ, uh, those who sleep in Christ being woken up, and and how it's just dead or asleep that God's power is so big that mm-hmm. that neither of those things is a problem for, yeah. for him. Well, yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, we get to day sixteen, chapter two, looking at verse eight. And then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. Again, it's this like the breath of his mouth can destroy the man of lawlessness, right? Yeah. Yeah. The worst guy that of guy. The you know, enemy like of enemies. The right? worst the yeah. worst. The actual worst. He can yeah. just with his breath. In the same way that he gave life to mankind with his breath. Which again, great news. Right. Great news. Great news. Really good news. <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. This is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. This yeah. means God takes care of what God needs to take care of, which mm-hmm. is what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It yeah. means he cares more about justice than we do, yeah. which is great news and will help a lot of people take a deep breath. I think especially in this season, especially in this era of our culture. I will I meet and talk to people so many times who are like, I love God, but I really care about justice. And I'm like, great, it's his idea. So does he. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. So does he. Yeah. 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 He he really cares too. Yeah. He's thr- you actually care because you're made Having been the object of the biggest injustice in human history. Yeah. Perfect God dying on a cross. Yeah. Right. The ultimate injustice, he cares more than anyone can even imagine to care about justice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Whoosh, that's good. Yeah. So chapter two, I want us to read a little bit of this because I think that it's interesting the things that we tend to focus on when we read a passage like this. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny because Paul kind of preempts it a little bit here, just his the way he words this. Jess, would you read for us? One through four there in chapter two. It's good to read scripture that makes us squirm or that we don't understand. It's mm-hmm. it's it's important to read that as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and you know, it's our podcast. No one would know if we just skipped right over that and just talked about something else right. instead. <laughs> but we're going to go for it anyway. Let's do it. We're going to go yeah. there. Yeah. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction." He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. That is the word of the Lord. It is. Yeah. I love that it's like, he's like, hey, people are going to just get you riled up about this Mm -hmm. and say that you've missed it. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how many of us, I grew up, you know, in the church in the Southeast. Yeah. And I mean... There's like this kind of baked in fear that I'm going to yeah. miss it. Yeah. That like the I can. Two men I walking can, up a hill, one left alone and yeah, one I disappears that, and one's left standing still. Yeah. yeah. That I'm going to yeah. be left behind yeah. is true, you know, yeah. and and I love this. It's like, you're going to know. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to know. When the time has come, you're going to know. Yeah. But also we're going to see as we keep going, it's that the when is not the point. 
Yeah. When you were, we were talking about, so like this talk of the urgency, Jess, Mm -hmm. that like all of this talk of like God's justice and judgment and our salvation and the coming day of the Lord and his glory, like all of those things that it's, the word motivation keeps coming to mind because it's like these things should motivate us yeah. to move our bodies and move our feet and you know let the message ring out from us, the message of the gospel in our words and in our actions. And it reminded me back in the very first chapter of First Thessalonians, which is why I couldn't find it earlier because I couldn't mm. go back far enough. But in um, chapter 1, verse 3, Paul is talking to the Thessalonians about their faith, and he says, your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I want my response to be. I want my response to be that, okay, if I have faith in this, that's going to produce work. I'm going to be working toward, you know, working as unto the Lord and whatever he has put in front of me to do. Mm -hmm. If that my love for Jesus and for others that that motivates me to move forward and that this hope that we have, this unshakable hope, as Peter will put it, Mm -hmm. that will inspire our endurance, that we will just keep going. It's funny that we think of faith, hope, and Mm -hmm. love as being Paul to the Corinthians, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. And the greatest of these. Yeah, Yeah. you know, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But right here, he like, he gives such a better explanation, in my opinion, a better, like, Mm. longer explanation of what faith is, what he means by faith, what he means by hope, and what he means by Mm -hmm. love. I mean, this is the sleeper. This is the hidden gem of the faith, hope, and love. So good. And then we keep going, can we? Can we keep going yes, here? Second Thessalonians 2. We see that language again in verse 13. But mm-hmm. we ought to thank God always for you, brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. I like the ought there. The ought caught my eyes because shoulds and oughts, you know, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and he uses the word ought, and he used it again in chapter 1, mm-hmm. verse 3, and, you know, that we ought to thank God always for you. But again, we just get like his relationship here is just steeped. We were talking last week, Jess, with Jonathan Pitts about just the community that is so evident in this. It's not even Mm -hmm. like they spent that much time together. These people haven't known each other a very long time. No. Like Paul's relationship with this church is young. The church is young. In Acts, it tells us that he um, reasoned with them from the scriptures for three Sabbaths. So like Mm. we have reason to believe that he was with them only for three weeks. And we're not sure on that, but... But I mean, they're family. It's like instant family Mm -hmm. because you're believers, you're siblings Mm -hmm. in the Lord. And so... So we get a lot of that language, but this little passage, because from the beginning, God has chosen you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold to the traditions you were taught, whether by what we said or what we wrote. Mm. I love a good stand firm from Paul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good. He Mm -hmm. always tosses one in there. I looked up the word ought real quick because I was really curious. Oh, thank Greek you. Of it. I love it. Um, hey, when you do a quick look up like that, what's your go-to? Yeah, it's, I'd go Google verse word. So I went to Google 2 Thessalonians 2.13 ought, and then I just write the word interlinear. Yeah. I know y'all know that, but it I feel, I feel like yeah. people get tripped up by that. So I'm like, literally. It's helpful. It's good to Google those little tips, say the, I think. Say the passage, say the word interlinear. Oh, it means oh, like. You owe them. Oh. Oh, well, that feels significant. Really significant. <laughs> uh, okay. And things like other places that that word is used, Romans 13, owe nothing to anyone. A lot of like indebted, mm-hmm. indebted wow. type words. Good. And so he's saying, but we ought to thank God always for you. Mm-hmm. Because like they're we, parts of the body. Yeah. We yeah. owe thanks to God. Yeah. yeah, thanks to him. And we do. I'm thankful for my hands yeah. and my nose yeah. and my ear and my toes. Like, it, it reminds yeah. me of like, essentially, if the question is like, what are we on the hook for? Like, what are yeah. we on the hook for? So we got to know what we're like, okay, we're not on the hook for our sin. Jesus paid mm-hmm. me. But like, I'm on the yeah. hook for carrying the burdens of the people of God. Yeah. Yep. I want to be on the hook for that when I'm a part of the family of God. Yeah, so, that's good. I like it. I like it. Well, and then we get later in, um, oh, not in chapter two, but on to chapter three. Mm-hmm. I just love this. It, I mean, he's kind of winding down. 
And he says, in addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us. <laughs> you know, he wants to give thanks for them, but he said also, mm-hmm. like, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith. And I want to get to verse three, but before I do, I think it's just good and relevant to remember here that he's got a whole other thing going on. Like, he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, but he's also like on a missionary journey and he's like, he's ministering to Thessalonica in this letter that he's writing, but he's also in a city and he's ministering to people um, and he's doing good hard work exactly Mm -hmm. where he is. Yeah. It's sharing the gospel. People are hearing it new for the first time as well. I just think it's Mm -hmm. interesting. We think he was in Corinth. Okay. He's in Corinth, like doing a thing there, you mm-hmm. know, building a church mm-hmm. there, but also like looking back to Thessalonica and like not even a little bit forgetting them, which mm-hmm. I think is sweet. But then verse three, which I do not want to skip because it makes me think of the very end of First Thessalonians. And he says, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. He says yeah. something similar at the end of First Thessalonians. He says, but the Lord is faithful. He will do it. Yeah. Um, it's that whole talk of like, here's how, you know, at the end of First Thessalonians, he was saying, you know, this is how we got to live. This is what mm-hmm. it looks like to live in response to what's been done for us. And he ends that with, but the Lord is faithful. He yeah. will do it. And again, we see here, you know, pray for me because I'm doing a hard thing here as well. But the Lord is faithful. Mm. He will do it. And then he says, we have confidence in the Lord about you. Yeah. That you are doing. This is so interesting because I just keep thinking about how young this church is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's asking these people who have just come to faith. Yeah. Brand new believers, brand new church. Pray for us. So A of all, we're all qualified to pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have to be eloquent or, you know, have all of our theology worked mm-hmm. out. Like we can, if we are in Jesus... Start praying, Mm -hmm. you know, like from the very first moment. And then this confidence that he has that the Lord is going to be faithful to strengthen them and to do the confidence that he has in the work that this church is going to do to carry forth the gospel and bring the kingdom of God to bear on earth. It's really remarkable to me to think that they have that confidence in believers who are so young in their faith. Right. It makes me want to change the way that I talk to like the young people in my life. Yeah. Because I just, you know, you think of it as like in other areas of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your experience and maturity take time and they take time in the faith as well. Mm-hmm. But there is something really mysterious about the gospel in that like the Holy Spirit, you know, we've said it before, my friend Kelly Kirker, I quote like a friend of hers who I don't even know, never have never met, but that there's no junior Holy Spirit. Yeah. If you have the Holy Spirit, you got the whole Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and that like our confidence is in God in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm speaking to my 13 year old daughter mm-hmm. and you just wrote a book on this, Jess, mm-hmm. a, for, a glory girl mm-hmm. that like, they have a calling to walk in, yep. and God is faithful mm-hmm. to them. You know, this is kind of like a an aside, but this is the one way that I flesh this out in my life. I call it baby shower syndrome. It also happens at wedding showers, wedding shower, baby shower, where we say to either a new bride or a new mom, you know, just wait, woof, just, just <laughs> wait till he starts putting his dishes in the sink or, you know, just wait till that baby keeps you up all night. We, we just speak so much death over them mm-hmm. and we do it because we're insecure and we do it because we don't know what to say. And we do it because we've been taught to do it and when it's been modeled for us. And so I started noticing this a few years ago and just decided no matter how silly I felt that at every baby shower, I was going to tell the new mom or at every wedding shower, I was going to tell the new bride, I can't wait to learn from you. And just mm-hmm. to put those words in my mouth, to put that obedience in my mouth to say like, I can't wait to learn from you. And then what I realized is I did, I would watch and anticipate and learn from them doing it fresh. And mm-hmm. I think we can do that in different ways in community, put that in our mouth and say, yes, I honor God in you. I see God in you. He's mighty in you. I believe mm-hmm. in him, in you. And I cannot wait to learn from him in you even though you're years behind me or even though mm-hmm. I'm a step ahead in this different way. 
I love that, that because they're doing it fresh. There's so much you can learn from a new believer. So much yeah. that you can learn. Don't we want our kids? Don't we want those coming behind us? Don't we want the next generation to experience more freedom, more vibrance than we are? Isn't that yeah. what we want? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I shared this probably like, I think it was in the editor's letter for our Mark book, but we opened the book of Mark in the first month of the pandemic with our kids. We'd read a chapter mm. a day in the living room. And I fully expected to be the Bible study leader. I just thought, yeah. I'm going to teach you guys. I'm going to teach yeah. you guys what I have to teach you about Mark. But I forgot that that book was written for them, to them, yeah. about, about the God who died for them, who came and lived and died for them. And so they yeah. were like seeing, actually, Scripture was alive for them. And, yes. I, and I learned from my children how to yeah. look at Mark and so that story. Good. Yeah. So good. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. But it... But we make it complicated. So complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah. yeah. And to just, that it's more, it's more important for me. Like right now, I'm still just like thinking of my daughter just because she's front of mind right now. Mm-hmm. But any young person in the faith, like it's so much more important for me just to like walk alongside them and speak yeah. truth and not worry so much about having like a nice, tightly sealed you know, case to hand yeah. them and say, like, here are all of your potential objections and all of my answers to the objections. And like, mm-hmm. here's like, whatever, like, they'll discover all of that for themselves. But just to be yeah. faithful to walk beside, mm-hmm. speak truth, pray, mm-hmm. pray over them, pray with them, pray for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's well, invite them to pray. Like, it's, it's first so good. Peter five, it's first Peter five ten. the God of all grace who called you or your daughter or your son to yeah. his eternal glory will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support them after they have suffered a little while. Don't forget that line. After they have suffered a little while, we cannot and should not protect our kids from living actual life and Come growing. On. I mean, suffering produces endurance and they need it. They cannot become adults without having produced endurance. But Stop it, Rachel. My toes hurt. But he will himself restore, <laughs> establish, and strengthen them. Yeah. Himself. himself. Right. I love that. Because mm-hmm. he's yeah. nice. Because mm-hmm. he loves yeah. us. Yeah. Sorry for singing that. Okay. Because, I mean, <laughs> Amanda. Just thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving right along. Well, I mean, okay, you are singing, and here's what I'm going to say. A side note of that, Amanda and I got to participate in like a songwriting thing, and, yes. and the album Faithful is coming yes. out May, May 1st, which I think is just around the corner from when this airs. But as we've been having this conversation, there's this one chorus from one of the songs um, that'll come out that just keeps playing in my head as we're having this conversation, and the lines are, at this very hour that God has appointed is anything too hard for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It becomes a chant. Like we all got in a room mm. with masks on and chanted it. And it's just this beautiful, like we're talking about that, you know, Jesus said, you know, Lazarus is asleep, but I'm gonna go wake him up. And, you know, yep. we're looking here in in First Peter and we're talking about the mighty hand of God. But at this very hour, whatever thing that we are carrying right now, whatever... If you're not hopeful, you're not paying attention, right? Yep. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. The answer yeah. is no. I'm encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> I like Let's it. Just, we're just going to rub that in, as you would say, Jess. Yeah. Rub it in. Do you still say rub it in, Jess? <laughs> I do every day. And I put my hand on either yeah. my chest or my kids. Rub it in. That's right. Rub, rub it, in. it in. I did it to someone the other day. And I was like, my friend Jess would say, rub that in. <laughs> um, okay, gang. So we can do this. Let's here's, keep going. Here's the funny I mean, thing the great about- news is. Day 18. Come on. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm so excited about all of day 18. Maybe I shouldn't be, but we had like a over lunch today, Amanda and I were eating Chipotle and we were reading (laughs) this again, just kind of to prepare and be on the same page. And we got so excited by the word busybodies. (laughs) Yeah. And like, so we did like, we're doing a word study on it and la la. So we should probably frame this a little bit more before we jump to the joy of it. Let's frame it first. What do you think about this? theme, Jess, because there's this theme and it's in First Thessalonians too of like not being idle. Yeah. And of working. You yeah. know, and then there's that lovely verse from First Thessalonians that says to live a quiet life and work with your hands. Yeah. And there's that. But this theme of idleness, do you see that as motivated? Like we've been talking about, like motivated by this like 
that urgency you're talking about? Is that the link we're to make? Yeah, honestly, yeah. too. I think it's the key to everything. I think it's the key to so many questions like, should we this or should we that? I mean, like the pandemic. It's the key to everybody who's like, don't try to get ahead. And everybody who's like, use this. T- don't be a busybody, but mm-hmm. do get your body busy doing the work of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? There's a t-shirt. <laughs> like that, it's the key. I'm tracking with you in that I think this is very exciting. Let's frame it a little bit. Let's actually back up and read this little section from day 18, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting in verse 6. Jess, will you read that for us? Yeah, absolutely. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We didn't need anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It's not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. Yeah. Yeah. They are not busy, but busy bodies. I mean, he is calling us out, y'all. Okay. So here's (laughs) what we did in this word study. First of all, only place in scripture that this mm, word is used. Interesting. Well, sometimes, so sometimes, you know, we primarily read from the Christian Standard Bible, and that's mm-hmm. the version in the Sherry's Truth study books. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the Christian Standard Bible will word something in kind of a fresh way where I'm like, oh, I've just never, that's interesting. I've never heard it that way. Um, and it feels really accessible. It's one of the reasons we really yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and so I assumed that's what was happening here. And then we looked it up. So, would you like to know what the KJV word is? Yep. Busybody. It's the same. It's the same word. Busybody. It's There's busybody. no other word for it's it. It's a phrase. And you guys, we've never done this, but I have my Blue Letter Bible app pulled up right here, and I'm going to let him say the Greek phrase for you. Are you ready? Here it goes. Periodgodzomai. Oh. I don't know. I so can't that's say the, it. So, now we know the Greek for busybody. And it like is... That. Yeah. It is only used in this verse, and the meaning is to bustle about uselessly, to busy oneself about trifling, needless, useless matters. Well, how can about I, that? Can I interject something here? Please. I think this is a type of passage that people would like to play devil's advocate with. Okay. Mm. Correct? You know, like, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. okay, but, and, but... And, but what, what about, so here's my only thing. Do you really want to be the devil's advocate? You do not. I do not. I would actually never like to be the devil's advocate. No. So let's don't. Just just maybe let's not for this passage. Maybe let's not. Maybe let's just all agree. Mm -hmm. Like, let's don't use this passage in a harmful way. Let's Mm -hmm. don't use it Mm -hmm. to shame anyone. Because if you've made it this far in this podcast episode, you're hearing us say, this is all compelled by the grace and goodness and mercy of God. We're not talking about earning anything. We're not talking about earning our place in society. We're certainly not talking about earning our place in the kingdom. But we are saying Mm -hmm. compelled by the goodness and the grace of God. And do we really want to play devil's advocate with any of these verses? Nope. I'm not really trying to be on the devil's team. (laughs) <laughs> no way. Yeah. No way. And then we get, I mean, it, you stopped at 13 because that was kind of where we were going to mm-hmm. stop reading. But the next two verses, if anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with them so that he may be ashamed yet. Don't consider him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's important. I feel like that's a very important addition that Paul gives us. This yeah. person is not your enemy. This person continues to be your brother. Yes. That's and right. he's already called us to yeah. be at peace with one another. Mm-hmm. So he continues to call us to be at peace with one another. Mm-hmm. And that verse, to be busy but not a busy body, I mean, that is squarely like, it, it's one of those, it's like, take your finger and point it back at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how I yeah. feel when I read that voice. Is yeah, like, all or silliness read that verse. aside. All like yeah. silliness aside. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, 
I can be, we all really like to talk about how busy we are, right? Or tired yeah. or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, but that in itself, that is not a virtue. Now to be busy with the things of the Lord. And I, and again, like we said last week with Jonathan, I don't mean that it has to be some big, you know, calling of like mm. ministry that the Lord's, I think like I'm talking they are big callings of ministry, but not in the way we think of them. It's mm-hmm. like in the like the conversations I'm going to have with Rachel today. We forget the to way remember, I'm going to treat Annie, the way I'm going to like mother my children. Yeah, those are the things we forget to remember that if we are a believer, we have a ministry. Like yeah. it's not. It does our ministry have a title and a logo? Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And also, even again, another quick word search that three fourteen that he may be ashamed. We yes, have to take you. out like human references of shame because that yes. that word means like that he may experience reverence. It really is like so that he will respect God, so he will understand yeah. his place in the relationship. And I agree. I think- we don't have to worry about three fourteen if we all personally. I mean, we should we should concern ourselves with it, but. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about 314 if we all consider like verse 11 for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just like that's right. Stay in your <laughs> own circle of holiness, handle your own mm-hmm. self, ask if this is true for you. If it's not, you can move on. But in the same way that you said, like exactly how we don't keep our kids from experiencing pain, we know this is true about adults. We don't save even adults that we love from every single inconvenience because that's how they experience God. That's how they experience the reverence and goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And his mercy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. we should not use this verse to do harm and we should good. also not avoid it. Good. That's a good I like word. the language that you used. We should be concerned with this verse. Yes. Personally first. Yes. yes. Personally first. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So Paul also wrote Colossians. And in the Friday reading, which we have a supplemental passage in that, that I just, as we kind of land the plane here, And before we hear, I want to hear some beauty, goodness, and truth from Jess, some more. We've gotten lots already. I really like this from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. I'm going to kind of read it as a benediction over us because it's describing this Christian life and Christian community that we've been talking about. And what struck me as I was reading it is that this all sounds really good. In practice, it's really hard work, yeah. and I think we need to not be surprised at how difficult it is, but also like be expectant about like how beautiful it is mm-hmm. sure. and, um, and the way that it shows us Jesus. This is Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, one body, Mm. rule your hearts and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be to God. Amen. I don't want the hour to be gone because I want to keep talking to Jess. Yeah, that's real. Same. It is real. That's real. We can't let another year pass before you come back. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Okay. Yeah. As is tradition on the She Reads Truth podcast, we do spend an hour opening God's Word and finding and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth that is right there for us. But at the end, we get to ask our guest, Jess, where are you looking up and around and seeing God's beauty, God's goodness, God's truth? What's pointing you to Jesus right now? You know, it's been a secondary theme in our conversation, but I would genuinely say my kids and this idea that their adolescence and their experience of God can be different than mine. I'm really freed up by that. I'm blessed by that. And yeah, yeah, they're just different and they're wild. And, you know, I think for a long time to come, we're going to see a lot of fruit come out of these kids that have lived through a pandemic in their tween and teen years. Mm -hmm. So I'm just capturing a lot of that right now and noticing it. And they are testifying to me with their lives and their kindness Mm -hmm. and their goodness and their need for God. 
mm-hmm. and their love for him. So I'm yeah. I'm really blessed by them right now. That's true. If we didn't serve a God who is in the business of restoration, whose specialty is restoration, then we could be really scared about what this pandemic has done to damage our kids. But yeah. instead, I like what you said that like we're looking forward to the fruit that God will bring from oh, yeah. this trial, from yeah. this hard thing. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, it's going to be they yeah. they know how to play. Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. They know how to hope. They know how oh, whew, they're going to be so resilient. Yeah. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm really thankful for that reframing that you just did for me because I have been worried, you know, and thinking about like, gosh, even just with my own children, not to mention the children of the world, you know, all the children of how there's a price that will continue to be paid down the line. And but while that may be true, the thing that is truer is what you just spoke over us like that. God, you know, and you too, right? The mm-hmm. God restores. And yeah, they're learning things that we didn't have to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we were their age. Yeah. yeah. My daughter turns 13 on Sunday and I was, I was driving with her last night. And I said, I just, I love who God's making you to be. I just love being with you. And she was like, you know, I'm a lot wiser than I was last year. Oh, <laughs> oh sweet you girl. Are. She said, yeah. I've lived through a pandemic. I was That's like, you girl. have. That's right. You have. She was like, hmm. you have. Yeah. Huh. Amen. Huh. So I love Amen. That. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm so thankful that we had these three weeks to open first and second Thessalonians together. And I wanna like I loved that benediction you gave us from Colossians and I wanna tack on to that. Can we do double dipping? double benediction? Yeah. Yeah. Because I wanna read... It was two books of the Bible. Listen, so we get two. But I wanna remind I wanna remind us what is true. Um, that's our job, to remind each other what is true, right? And I want to mm-hmm. remind our listeners, too. And so there's this benediction from First Thessalonians chapter 5, 23 and 24, and you remember it from last week. Paul said and says now <laughs> through the Spirit, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Amen. Amen. Jess, thank you so much. I can't believe this series is over. Starting next week, we're going to kick off our Kingdom of God series. It's going to be so good. And we've got uh, Matt Chandler joining Mm -hmm. us, Ellie Holcomb, and I think Lisa Turkhurst will come for the third week. That's the word. So friends and listeners, come back again. And um, we can't wait to dive into the topic of the Kingdom of God. Mm. Um, with y'all, but just just a real tiny topic. Just a tiny it's gonna topic. Be fine. Yeah, let's see how we can do that in three weeks. I'll, I look forward to finding out. Jess, until next week, keep opening your Bibles. <laughs>